You know, I, uh, when I read Heather's poem um, about a week ago, it, not to be punny, but it struck a chord with me. Um, there was something that triggered in my heart to say, you know, I, I really think that that's the essence of what God came to do um, on Christmas morning. That he came to give back a song that we have lost. I'm going to guess that for some of us, the Christmas season has been a little bit of a challenge because quite frankly, with all of the merriment and the songs that have gone on around us, my guess is that there are probably more than a few of us who haven't really felt all that much like singing. And what I want to share with you tonight is I believe with all of my heart that God has come to give back that song. Amen. I want to talk about that. I want to throw a couple of lines from Heather's poem back up on the screen. I love what she says. She says, Oh, spirit of Christmas, you beautiful song. You move among us like a living anthem, breathing and stirring in our souls. Now, I wonder tonight if, if God could give you a song, what kind of song would he give you? It's so interesting, throughout Scripture, you find the psalmist talking about getting a new song from God from time to time. In fact, Psalm 40, verse 3, can you throw that up on the screen? Read that out loud with me, would you? He has given me a new song to sing. Well, what song might God need to give you tonight? I wonder if for some of us, the song that we probably most need God to breathe into us is a song of love, a song of love. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. Those beautiful flowers that you see there are from Japan. Um, it's from a, a place, it's a, a farm that's owned by uh, a couple. It's, uh, those are the Karaki, called the Karaki Gardens. Throw that next picture up on the screen. Each year when those flowers are in bloom, There are about 7,000 people a day who come to visit those gardens and to to see the flowers and to smell the flowers. Throw that next picture up. But a lot of people don't realize, when they hear the story from a distance about the Karaki Gardens, don't realize this is the couple. This is Mr. and Mrs. Karaki. How those gardens came to be were when Mrs. Karaki was 52 years old, uh, she had developed diabetes, and at 52, she became blind. She became uh, incredibly depressed as a result of her blindness and, and hid herself indoors and really didn't want to come out, didn't want to talk to people, really just didn't want to go on. And her husband loved her so much and he, he cared about her so much and he was trying to just ask the question, what might I, might I do to lift my, my wife's spirits? And he had some flowers out there, those pink flowers. He had some small garden areas and he, he noticed that there were people from nearby places that would like to come by when the flowers were in bloom and smell them. And he thought, I wonder now that my wife is blind, I wonder if maybe she might enjoy the aroma of the flowers. And so for two years, two years, Mr. Crocky just kept planting flowers. For two solid years, he planted flowers and flowers and flowers until all of his area there were were covered with these flower gardens. And Mrs. Crocky, when he walked her out for the first time and she began to smell, she began to come alive again. 
Because she began to discover that eyes aren't the only way that you can experience the world. And as a result of that, literally people come from around the world now. They had a 60-cow barn that they used to have cattle in. Now that, that barn is, is basically a small museum that's dedicated to the story of this man's incredible love for his wife. What a great love story. You have a love story like that. Did you know that no matter how you feel about yourself tonight, you are deeply loved? No matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, you are dearly loved. Sometimes, every, if you're like me, every once in a while, you know, I get up and I look in the mirror and I go, man, that's not all that lovely, for, especially first thing in the morning, you know. And sometimes I look at my life and I go, that's not a real lovable life. And every once in a while, I've got to be reminded that God loves us in spite of who we are sometimes. And God loves you. And tonight, if you came and you're one of those who said, you know, Steve, I really haven't been feeling all that lovely or all that lovable. You need to know this. You are loved. I love this passage of scripture from Jeremiah. Throw that up on the screen. Read it with me, church. I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love, with unfailing love. I have drawn you to myself. One of the things that staggers me about God is that he loves us in spite of what we do and who we are. God is utterly so much more faithful to us than we are to him. Amen. If you need a song of love, my prayer for you is that you would simply open your heart to God and let God breathe into you that new song. Maybe for some of us, the, the song that we could use maybe is a song of healing. Maybe a song of healing. Our God is a healer. Everybody ever hear of Christmas miracles? Throw this picture up on the screen for me. A beautiful little girl, uh, name's Roxley. Roxley um, was 11 years old when this picture was taken. She lives in Texas. And a year ago last June, in June of 2018, Roxley had been having a, a lot of physical issues. And um, she began to have uh, some seizures. She began to suffer from some, uh, some eyesight issues. And they began to do a lot of tests. And finally, they discovered uh, kind of every parent's worst nightmare they discovered that Roxley uh, had a brain tumor. They took her to four different hospitals, um, including John Hopkins and MD Anderson and Texas Children's Hospital, and they all confirmed the exact same thing, that she had an, a, a tumor, not only a tumor, but she had an inoperable tumor that was at the base of her brain. And they gave her parents the bad news. There's, there are like 300 children a year that are born with this kind of thing. And it usually manifests itself sometime before uh, age 12. And they gave their parents the bad news that this, this is an inoperable tumor. This is a very aggressive and fast-growing tumor. This, this is a tumor for which we, we really can't have any hopes of survival, but we hope that we can at least maybe slow it down. They began to do some radiation treatment for her, but... Roxley's parents knew that unless God intervened, her daughter, their daughter wasn't going to be around long. And so Roxley's parents began to pray. And they invited some other people to pray with them. Can you imagine for just a moment the elation that this family had when last year, just a few days before Christmas, when they took Roxley back 
for an MRI. They did it, and then they did it again, and they took her to four different places, and all four of the hospitals that had confirmed the tumor confirmed what they now saw. There was no tumor there. (laughs) And the family, as they began to rejoice, they began to claim that as their Christmas miracle. Do you know that when Jesus was born onto this planet, that healing was the greatest part of his ministry? Everywhere that he went, blind eyes could see again. Lame legs could walk again. Even dead came back to life. Now look at me for a second. And a Jesus who can do that can do so much for you. You know, I know that there are some of us who are hurting. I know that there are some of us who physically have needs that we're saying, you know, God, I could, I could really use a Christmas miracle of my own. But I also know that there are some of us who have come tonight and, and the healing that we need is the healing of a broken heart. There are some of us who need healing in our marriages. There are some of us who need some healing and reconciliation between ourselves and some people that we've, we've had a rough time with this last year. There are some of us that are, are, are suffering tonight from a, a deeper kind of healing and brokenness where we really need God to touch him. And maybe tonight your prayer might be, you know what, Lord, what I really, really need is a new song of healing. I need you to touch me as you have touched so many others. You know, one of my favorite uh, prophecies from the Old Testament is Malachi. It was a great prophecy of Jesus. Throw that up on the screen. Read it with me, church. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And that's my prayer for you, that God will bless you with that new song of healing. For some of us, maybe the new song we need is a song of hope. Maybe what we need is a song of hope. Maybe some of us, uh, as we're wrapping up this year, are looking to the new year and we're not thinking too optimistic of thoughts. Maybe we're overwhelmed. Maybe we're looking at some of the things that we're walking through and dealing with and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Steve, I, man, I just don't know if I can really keep going. And maybe what we need more than anything else is for God to breathe into us just a new song of hope that can help us hang on to him. Again, just a really great passage of Scripture from Hebrews is one that we can share together tonight. Read this with me. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And what I, I, I don't have any idea what you may be dealing with, what you may be walking through, or what you may be facing. But here's what I can tell you. We're reminded of this season of the year that our God is Emmanuel. God with us. Amen. Amen. Throw that picture up for me, please. Those two good-looking guys. Kid on the left, his uh, name is Alex, and kid on, the, on your right, is, his name is Lucas. Last Thursday night uh, up on Lake Ontario, uh, these two boys were... Um, out playing along the, the lakeside there and there. There was a, a place where they had seen a little bit of a, some old wood and stuff and they wanted to go over there and just kind of play around a little bit. 
And uh, as they did, um, Lucas fell through the ice and became submerged. And when he did, what happened was, as he was underwater, he was floundering. He couldn't, he couldn't fight through the ice to, to get out. And Luca, uh, Alex heard him yelling, and he came running over, and, and Lucas himself thought he was going to drown. And Alex got over to where he was, and he, he reached down an arm. He was able to grab onto something with one hand and reach out and grab hold of Lucas' hand with the other. And as he was told, he was trying to get Lucas to, to shallower waters. And as he did, and as he was pulling him along, they were trying to break through the ice to get him there. And I love in the story what Alex said to Lucas. He said, Lucas, I will not let you go. I will not let go. I will not let go. And Alex held on and held on for a few minutes until just by a stroke of God's grace, a police car came by and they saw the two boys on the water's edge and they came running down and they were able to pull Alex out to safety. When I read that, I... I thought, you know, that's exactly how God is with us. I know that there are things that you're walking through that you just wish God would magically make disappear. But that doesn't always happen. But here's what I can promise you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Not ever. Listen to me, the word of the Lord. I will not let you go. Amen. God has a new song of hope for you. Well, tonight, that's our, our prayer for you, is that whatever song you need God to breathe into you, uh, as we take a moment to light our candles and as we take a moment to reflect with the song, I want to invite you just to open your heart to the Lord. And from the bottom of your heart, just open yourself up, whatever it is. Maybe, maybe you want to say, Lord, I need to experience that love that Steve was talking about. Or, or there may be some of you that say, you know what, I, I need to experience that healing that, that Steve was talking about. Or maybe some of you saying, Pastor God, I, I, need, I need that hope that Steve was talking about. And tonight I just want to invite you just to reach out to the Lord. And as we light our candle, I want you to let that candle be your new song that God is giving you for the new year. I'm going to ask Rachel to go ahead and come on back and we're going to ask our candle lighters to, to light them, and we're going to light our candles, and we're going to walk down the aisle. What we're going to do is, as we pass, we're going to light your candle, and we're just going to ask, if you would, just to pass that down the rows until everyone's candle is lit. When we get to the end, I'll close this with a word of prayer. Father, tonight, as we bow our hearts before you, Lord, we need you to breathe into us a new song this Christmas. A song of love. A song of healing. A song of hope. Father, we pray that this candle will represent the new light that you ignite in our hearts and in our souls. That it will represent a new beginning. The turning of a corner. A new chapter in our lives. That we would be reminded tonight that no matter where we have been or what we have done, that your mercies are new every morning. And today begins a brand new day. So, Lord Jesus, we open our hearts to you. We thank you that you came on that night so many years ago. 
But we thank you that you live today on in our hearts and in our minds. Lord, wrap your arms around each and every person here today. Give them that new song to sing, we pray in Christ's name. And everyone said,